If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Leah Smart, host of Everyday Better, an award-winning weekly podcast dedicated to personal development. Whether you're looking for ways to shift your mindset or seeking more fulfillment in your life, we've got you covered. Join me as we dive into captivating stories and research-backed ideas that have empowered me and others to lead lives with more clarity and intention. Everyday Better, making growth an everyday practice. Listen to Everyday Better on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my 20s, I knew what career success looked like. In midlife, it's not that simple. Work is changing, we are changing, and there's no guidebook for how to make sense of it. Start your week with the Hello Monday podcast. Listen to Hello Monday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad, don't get mad. My house smells too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet, maybe they're animal smells, maybe you're a smoker or someone else was, just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours, I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me on top of what it's done for my allergies. Go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com. Promo code JESSE. The gigantic mistake that Trump made and the next Republican better not. Plus we have calls for impeachment and white supremacy, racism. We're gonna talk about all these light subjects tonight, coming up right now. What if there really is a monster under your bed? We're going to talk about that here in just a second. First, before I get into that whole thing, because that's going to take me a couple minutes to unpack, I did want to show Donald Trump, since he doesn't have social media anymore, he did come out, made a statement about violence and his encouragement of violence and what he thinks about violence. Here's what the president had to say. Uh, As far as this is concerned, we want no violence, never violence. We want absolutely no violence. And on the impeachment, it's really a continuation of the greatest witch hunt in the history of politics. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely ridiculous. This impeachment is causing tremendous anger. And you're doing it, and it's really a terrible thing that they're doing. For Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer to continue on this path, I think it's causing tremendous danger to our country, and it's causing tremendous anger. I want no violence. Thank you very much. Thank you, everybody. Okay, obviously he's right. It is causing tremendous danger. And everybody on the left and right who's pushing for it is naive or wants somebody to get hurt. It's just a fact. That is just a fact. You are pouring gasoline on a fire. But 
We're not talking about that right now. I want to talk about the biggest mistake of Donald Trump's presidency. Not because I want to needle the guy on the way out the door. You know, I've enjoyed his presidency. I really wanted him to have four more years. We're going to talk about the gigantic mistake Donald Trump made so we can ride the next Republican when he gets elected to not make this exact same mistake. And it's really easy to make the same mistake. You want to know what the big mistake is that Donald Trump made? It's not the spending. He spent way too much money. The gigantic mistake? Well, I'm going to show you two things really quickly. First, this is a picture from the U.S. State Department. It came out online yesterday. You know what that is? It's showing the ending date for Donald Trump's presidency to be last night. Why would that appear out of nowhere? It turns out, BuzzFeed found out, a disgruntled staffer was behind the State Department site to change the end of Trump and Pence's biographies. Now, there's one more thing. House Homeland Security Chair Benny Thompson had this to say. Watch this, and we're going to have a little talk. If these folk are found liable, should they be on a no-fly list? Well, there's no question about it. You know, there's there's no exemption for being uh, put on the no-fly list. Uh, there's there's even a member of Congress that commits a crime. Uh, uh, you know, they expel uh, uh, from the body. Uh, there are ethics charges that can be brought against those individuals. And people are looking at all this. What, what Hawley did and what Cruz did uh, uh, was horrible. No fly list. You know, let's let's set aside Benny for a moment because you can probably say, well, he's a Democrat. He's a heck. Let's let's focus on the State Department. The the big mistake of Donald Trump's presidency. The hiring and the firing. He did way too much poorly of the first and not nearly enough of the second. The truth is this. Sometimes people call you paranoid. People say no one's out to get you. Sometimes someone is out to get you. Sometimes there really is a monster under your bed, and it's not only in your imagination. If you are a Republican, the next Republican, and Donald Trump should have, you know, I don't think he was experienced enough with D.C. to realize it, but that's no excuse. He was the man Donald Trump should have realized it. But the next one, dang sure better. When you walk in, and you walk into that Oval Office and you sit down and you're a Republican president. You are surrounded by enemies within your own government. Surrounded within your own government. They are everywhere. We have the numbers. Maybe 95%. Don't quote me on that. I don't do research. I went to community college. I know it's over 90%. Over 90% of federal employees... That's the largest employer in America, by the way, which is really sad. But over 90% of federal employees voted for Hillary Clinton back in 2016. Over 90%. When you're a Republican, you sit down, you are surrounded, and you have to fire everybody. Every single human being that can be fired should be fired immediately. And I don't want to hear, well, Jesse, that's mean. I don't care. You know what's mean? Kneecapping the agenda of the man who was duly elected president. Donald Trump had four years of people hobbling him from within his own government. And yes, a lot of those people can't be fired because of that whole federal employee thing. Fine. Move him to a radio, radio tower in Alaska somewhere. Fire everybody. And you know who was great about that? Who's constantly great about that? Democrats. First thing Bill Clinton did, every U.S. attorney, see ya, pack up your stuff, I'll be putting my own people in. Barack Obama, if you were were in the government and you so much as gave Barack Obama a sideways glance, bye, pack your bags, see ya. Donald Trump, the man who was famous for you're fired, didn't fire anybody. It kneecapped us time and time again. But I understand why he did it. I'm not mad at him about it. I'm pointing it out so we don't make the same mistake ever again. It's hard to accept that the monster really is under the bed, isn't it? Because who wants to live like that? Who wants to live like that? Oh, there really are wolves outside trying to eat your son. 
Uh, if you, I used to tell my kids that because I'm a really good father. Uh, if I didn't want them to leave the house when I turned my back, I'd tell them there are monsters outside. They'll definitely get you when you leave. <laughs> I'll quit. Now they have trust issues. But seriously, it's tough. Nobody wants to live like that, but you are surrounded by your enemies when you sit down as a Republican president. Things like this, yeah, this is a small thing. It's some idiot put something on a website. They deleted it later. How many times have we seen this? Donald Trump got impeached from within his own government. Somebody on a phone call he's on, or with access to a phone call he's on with a foreign leader, surrounded by people hell-bent on taking you down. And that, look, if you're the toughest guy in the world, that's a bitter pill to swallow. That you wake up every day at war, that's tough. That wears on anybody. But you had better develop that mentality if you're the next Republican president, or it's going to go even worse than this one. Believe me. Believe me, they're going to get him too. They're going to impeach him. They're going to investigate him. It's going to be nonstop scandal after scandal after scandal. This White House source and that White House source and this person at the State Department and this person at the Pentagon. Four years of it. You walk in that door as the next Republican president of the United States. You just walk around for two weeks with a T-shirt on that says you're fired. That's the way it's got to be. Now. In case you're wondering on the unity, peace, dial down the rhetoric thing, in case you're wondering how that's going, here's Representative Ted Lieu with an update. What do you think is the appropriate response to your colleagues who were involved one way or another? Uh, I support both Representatives Cory Bush and Tom Malinowski and their efforts. I also note that incitement to insurrection is a federal crime. So anyone who incites an insurrection should be investigated and prosecuted. No one is above the law, not the president, and not members of Congress. So I hope federal prosecutors and FBI are looking at what some of these Republican members of Congress did to have January 6th happen. All right, I'm actually not going to address Ted Lieu. Ted Lieu, Ted Lieu's a moron. I'm not worried about Ted, Ted Lieu. I want to talk to people on the right here for a brief moment before I wrap this up. I've seen a lot from the right, especially the D.C. pundit class. There's something in the water back there. We have to impeach. We have to. This is an insurrection. It's a coup. It's a this. It's a that. This has happened now. This is the third time this has happened in the last year alone. We're going to have a brief little talk here about the cycle of things and how they go. And just like I just talked to the next Republican president, this is a message for every single D.C. politician and pundit on the right out there. You've now screwed three things up in a row. Please don't let it be the fourth. You remember back when coronavirus came out? When it first came out, coronavirus hits our shores. People are getting sick. People are dying. What Republicans did, including the president himself, right away, the media cranked up the panic meter to 9 million, and Republicans went, ah, ah, lockdown, here's Dr. Fauci, here's 9,000 hours of airtime, put on a mask, lockdown, I've heard 2 million people are going to die, ah! And then, of course, three, four weeks into it, the light went on, and they realized, oh, wow, um, the left is going to use this to destroy us. Let's, let's reverse course, but by then... Because you, a Republican, had worked to set the narrative, by then it was too late. You still see people to this day driving around in, a, in their Subaru Outback by themselves with a mask on. To this day. By then it's too late. Because you went whichever way the wind blew in the beginning. Because you didn't have the guts to say something hard in the beginning. And then they went right from that to George Floyd. You remember when George Floyd, St. George Floyd got killed in Minneapolis? Remember that? And immediately... The Antifa and Black Lives Matter scumbags hit the streets and start burning down American cities. And the entire media is all, ah, oh, all the cops are racist. They're slaughtering black men by the thousand. This has got to stop. And what was the immediate Republican response? You remember? Tim Scott rolling out there. We need federal police reform. Republican after Republican after Republican in the Senate and in the House. Man, we really do. We have to deal with this racism problem. These racist cops, they're racist, racist, racist. Never mind the numbers never added up. There was no statistical evidence whatsoever. Cops were out there hunting down black men. None. Not one ounce of truth to that. None. Not a single Republican. In the beginning of it, 
stood up against that narrative because the wind was blowing that way and it was just easier to go along and yeah, cops are racist, so on and so forth. It was easier. And then about three, four weeks into it, the light went on again. Oh, wait. These people were actually all scumbags and, and they just care about power, not racism at all. And this, they're burning down American cities. People are losing their lives, losing their livelihoods. This was bad. And then Republicans started standing up. That's twice. And now we have the third. And it's happening right now. This horrible mess happens in the Capitol. A couple people die. People charging into the Capitol building. Horrible mess. And the left screaming from the hilltops. Insurrection and coup and impeachment. And everybody should be on the no-fly list and arrest everyone. They're all domestic terrorists. And instead of standing up as a Republican right now, as an elected official, as a pundit who has some kind of platform and influence, and simply saying this, um, that was a tiny percentage of the people who went to D.C. There's nothing wrong with attending a MAGA rally or a Tea Party or a March for Life or anything else. Be peaceful when you get there. Don't raid buildings. Don't beat and kill anybody. But there's nothing wrong with attending that. And blaming that on, blaming everyone for the thing only a few people did is absurd. And no, we're not going to impeach in 25th Amendment. We're just going to move on. Instead of one Republican elected official, or, or give me two pundits who are willing to stand up and say that now when it's easy. Nope. They're all doing the same thing again. Yeah, I really agree. I mean, the Capitol is sacred. Look, impeach him. Definitely impeach him. Everyone on the no-fly list. In fact, just murder these guys. We should, they should all be executed. This is traitor. Send him to Guantanamo Bay. And you know what's going to happen? Because it's happening right now. I see it in front of my eyes. They're banning Trump from everything. They just removed, they reportedly just removed a major gun site from the internet. Now, because Republicans, once again, didn't have the guts to stand up against the initial narrative, the left is looking around, and they're licking their chops, baby. They're a hungry lion looking at a bleeding sheep laying down in front of them. They're thinking to themselves, these suckers, we got them again. And they're going to use Republican stupidity and Republican weakness to gain more power in the next couple weeks than they could ever have gained in the first year. And once again, two or three weeks from now, you'll have these same weenie Republicans stand up and say, wow, wait a minute, they're really abusing this, this, this capital stuff. I've got to tell you, I didn't see it coming, but this is too far. I didn't see it coming. Maybe next time see it coming in the beginning, dummy, before our rights are being taken away before our voices are being silenced. That's when we need you. We need you to have guts when having guts is important, not when the winds shift and all of a sudden you realize, oh, okay, I should go the other way now. That's called, what's that word? I think it starts with an L. Oh, leadership. That's what that's called, leadership. All of that may have made you uncomfortable, but I'm right. Now, Something else that makes me uncomfortable is cyber theft. And the reason it does is it's not just because of what happened to me, the hacking into my home title and things like that. It's not just because of that. I actually think about the older, vulnerable people out there who don't even realize cyber crime is a thing. Home title theft is a thing. It's not like once in a while. This is a major crime sweeping the United States of America. If you have a home title, if it exists, it exists online. They will hack into it. They will forge your signature on it. They will take a loan out against your home, and you are going to have to pay that loan back. Your home insurance is not going to cover it. There's no one coming to save you. You'll pay it back, or you'll get evicted. Go to HomeTitleLock.com right now and sign up. Use the promo code RADIO that gives you 30 free days of protection. We'll be back. You ever have this nagging pain? As you get older, if, look, if you, if you answered no to that question I just asked, that means you're too young. As you get older, you're going to have them on occasion. It's going to be a shoulder or a knee or a toe or a finger or your neck or something like that. And there's just going to be this nagging pain that will never really go away. And maybe one day you'll wake up and it kind of won't be there anymore. And maybe you'll even forget about it. And then by lunchtime, it comes right back. Just this nagging annoyance in your life. That's Hillary Clinton. Hillary Clinton is America's nagging pain. This was her latest, Jim. Quote, removing Trump from office is essential. And I believe he should be impeached. 
Members of Congress who joined him in subverting our democracy should resign, and those who conspired with domestic terrorists should be expelled immediately. But that alone won't, be, won't remove white supremacy and extremism from America. Have you ever heard of Kristen Clark? You should have, because you should understand something. This every Trump supporter is a white supremacist thing, this is not about to go away now that Trump's about to go away. This is about to become the law, the rules, the way all of society sees you. Kristen Clark, she's Biden's nominee to lead the DOJ's Civil Rights Division. Do you want to know what she wrote? 1994, this is what she wrote. Quote, Carol Barnes notes that human mental processes are controlled by melanin and that, sa and that, that same chemical which gives blacks their superior physical and mental abilities. Some scientists have revealed the most, that most whites are unable to produce, me produce melanin because their pineal glands often calcified or non-functioning. Pineal classification rates for Africans are 5 to 15 percent, Asians 5 to 25 percent, and Europeans 60 to 80 percent. This is the chemical basis for cultural differences between blacks and whites. Melanin endows blacks with greater mental, mental physical, and spiritual abilities, something which cannot be measure, measured based on Eurocentric standards. That was a lot of Harvard talk that I screwed up 19 times because I went to community college, but that was a long, fancy way of saying we're about to put anti-white racism in a top position with the Department of Justice. And I just have to say this, as long as I'm spending my time today slapping around Republicans as I usually do, do you remember the Mueller investigation? Do you remember Donald Trump's Attorney General, Jeff Sessions? Do you remember what he did? I have to recuse myself. Wouldn't be right for me to get involved. Potential conflict of interest there. I need to recuse myself. Do you think this lady's going to recuse herself if something pops up that's a conflict of interest? Or do you think this woman who thinks in terms like this, do you think she's going to use her position with the Department of Justice to crush her enemies? You tell me. Now, we have a magazine called Vogue, and I'm going to try to put this in terms that we can all understand because I'm still a little confused myself. Vogue decided to, of course, make their cover girl Kamala Harris because she's about to be Saint Kamala, you know. And apparently they put her on the cover using the wrong outfit. And this is... This is a tweet from Yashir Ali. Quote, to be clear, the Vogue cover of Vice President-elect Kamala Harris is real. It's just that per a source familiar, this is not the cover that was mutually agreed upon. The agreed upon cover had VP-elect Harris in a powder blue suit. So folks feel blindsided this evening. He continued, here is the Vogue cover Kamala team thought would be released. I'm told this cover on the left will be the digital cover, but the much maligned cover on the right has already gone to, be, gone to print, and we've the cover available for sale and sent to suppliers. And that's not the best part of this whole thing. This is the best part, the quote from Vox. Quote, for decades, the magazine has excluded an underpaid black talent and published racially insensitive in images and stories. This casual image of a woman who will be America's first woman vice president seems to add to the narrative of Vogue's lack of respect for women of color, even one who has risen higher in the American power structure than any other woman in U.S. history. There was considerable labor and forethought put into crafting the vice president-elect's cover shoot, but the final product, through Vogue's traditional editorial process, appears perfunctory. I don't know if I said that last word correctly because I don't use words like that. We're going to have four years now of this. Don't you remember what it was like under Obama? I'd forgotten what it was like under Obama. Any criticism at all was, that's racist, it's racist, it's because he's black. It's going to be so much worse with Kamala there now. And then once she takes the presidency in about two weeks, oh, gosh. All right. You have any anxiety? Any at all? You know, there are natural remedies to that. Sleeplessness, 
joint pain, natural medicines, holistic healing. These are the things people have used for thousands of years to solve their problems. I, I choose CBD. And I know when I go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com, I'm going to get quality every time. Why do I know that? Because they researched the whole industry to make sure they only teamed up with the best. That's why they teamed up with Be Best Organics, which is made in the USA. And get this about Be Best Organics. This is absurd. They test every single batch for potency. They make sure every time they're sending you your, your Be Best Organics products, they're right. Every time. That's awesome. Go to DoctorsTrustedCBD.com. Use the promo code JESSE. That's going to get you 5% off and a free lip balm. We'll be back. Joining me now, contributor and resident polling expert to RedState.com, Scott Hounsel. Scott, before I bring you in, I wanted to play Donald Trump's thoughts on big tech because I was dying to see them myself. This is what he said. There dividing and divisive and they're showing something that I've been predicting for a long time. I've been predicting it for a long time and people didn't act on it. But I think big tech has made a terrible mistake and very, very bad for our country. And that's leading others to do the same thing. And it causes a lot of problems and a lot of danger. Uh, big mistake. They shouldn't be doing it. But uh, there's always a counter move when they do that. I've never seen such anger as I see right now, and that's a terrible thing. Terrible thing. Hard to argue there's going to be a counter move of some kind. I personally am actually, am actually a little worried what that counter move is going to be. Scott, what say you? Uh, I hope it's the free market. I hope the free market uh, creates a, uh, an alternative that is good for, for all, all, all included. I think that that I think the free market now, I think there'll be people that come out and realize that there's a call for more openness and ability to share uh, in the internet world. And uh, and so as a result, I hope the free market will come with alternatives uh, to Amazon or to Twitter, or to Facebook. Uh, Parler was supposed to be one of them. Uh, Amazon, I believe, did something that was uh, probably borders on illegal in, in, in booting Parler off. Uh, however, I'm not an attorney, and uh, I don't know uh, I don't know the law that well. But I believe uh, by claiming that they had to edit or have editorial control over their app denies them of the protections of Section 230. Okay, speaking of of Parler and what happened there, as everybody knows, Parler is an alternative to Twitter. Amazon, who apparently housed Parler's servers, I'm not an internet guy, but that's from what I understand. They just shut them down. Apple removed them as well, but it went well beyond that. The PGA Tour took a golf tournament away from one of Trump's resorts. They're shutting down. Deutsche Bank decided they were shutting down two of his personal accounts. It's gone way beyond Twitter, as I knew it absolutely would. Scott, I'm worried because they don't seem to be satisfied with one thing or another thing. I love the free market. I want that too. I want another one to pop up and replace it and we'll, we'll decide which we like better. They don't seem interested in allowing that to happen and I'm worried that's going to make people feel desperate. Uh, that's what I'm worried about. I think that desperation has been, uh, uh, been the, the, t the term of the 2020 election. I think that a lot of people on both the left and the right felt desperate. Uh, the left clearly felt desperate to get rid of Trump by any means necessary. Uh, the thing that I find very interesting is that the tech companies waited until they knew that the Senate was in control of the Democrats before they acted. That to me shows that they are afraid that the immunities that they have uh, access to through Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act, uh, that they were keen on wanting to keep them from themselves for themselves but denying them from others, uh, for, in, in, for instance, like with Parler uh, and, and denying Parler their ability to have free and open communications uh, regardless, regardless of, of uh, editorial control. Okay, we hear so much about Section 230. Scott, one, can you give us a brief thing on what exactly it is? And two, can you tell us, did we actually have the power to get rid of it? Or is this just one of those things that we love to yell about, but they never had the power to get rid of it? Well, like most laws, you can do anything with you want you want with them. You can have them, you can get rid of them, you can amend them, whatever you want to do. So it wasn't that 230 couldn't have been amended or removed. Uh, 230 uh, is a part of the Communications Decency Act. 
uh, that uh, allows for an open forum. But as a result of the open forum that it allows for, uh, ISPs and others were concerned that they were going to be held liable for the content. So as a result, Section 230 was born, which allows for them to have protections from the liabilities associated with it without having to have edit editorial control. Uh, now it appears they want both. They want editorial control. They want to be able to control what it is and isn't on their on their servers, isn't isn't on their platform. And as a result, uh, they're denying Section 230 protections from other startups. So, for instance, both Gab and I, uh, well, both Parler and Gab, I believe, are, are facing server issues as a result of them of of like Amazon or or Google or 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 Apple stating that they have to have more editorial control. Uh, that essentially denies them their right to the protections of Section 230. It's it's an unequal application of the law. Scott, I was having this discussion with a friend earlier today, a private discussion with a friend about, you know, the servers and parlor, Twitter, so social media, whatnot. And what he expressed to me was, why did we get caught with our pants down? Why didn't we already have our own servers? Why, why did we build our alternate, you know, free market solutions on a leftist platform, on, on, on a leftist foundation so they could yank it out from us anytime they wanted? Did we get, did we screw this whole thing up? I think that we all believe that it was impossible for them to do so. I believe that we felt that the forum itself was the was the access to freedom of speech. Uh, they're deciding now, suddenly after suing every baker that didn't want to bake a cake or, or every wedding planner who didn't want to do a wedding, that now private business has the ability to operate as they see fit, uh, all while we're shutting down businesses across the country. Uh, <laughs> It just to me is is a is a horrible horrible uh, hypocrisy. It's a it's a uh, contradiction of terms. You can't simultaneously think that someone has this power, and then when they want when one company wants to operate however they so fit and see fit, uh, that another can shut them down willy nilly. Uh, I I believe that we didn't see it coming. However, it is clear as a result of what has happened over the course of the last several days that this was a coordinated effort. You can't have five of the largest companies in the world, Facebook, Google, Amazon, Apple, and I'm missing one off the top of my head, but there's five major companies, Twitter. Thank you for the reminder. Twitter, all get together and simultaneously agree to ban conservatives at the same time. Like there's, this was a kill switch. This was a, a switch that was flipped. These plans have been in place for a long time. They waited till they had the clearance uh, to be able to do so, a, a triggering event. Certainly the violence that we saw at the Capitol was certainly a triggering event, and they felt that they were justified in doing so. It doesn't mean that they are, but I believe that that's where they believe they are. Am I right to be worried that this is about to get really, really, really bad over the next four years, Scott? It, it just feels like, and maybe, look, maybe I'm just caught up in the moment because of everything they're doing now, but it feels like they're licking their chops. I, I feel like they think they have free run now to just absolutely wipe us off of wherever they don't want us, which is pretty much everywhere. Uh, fortunately enough, I think a profit motive is more motivating than anything else. I think that once uh, alternatives uh, start springing up that aren't dependent upon their systems and platforms, they'll become more op open again. They'll become they'll realize that it. I mean, Twitter had a what a twelve percent dive in their stock uh, yesterday. Uh, so it 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 the the market will react. I think that the market will react. I think that right now it's bad. I think it does look ugly. Once we are able to open our forums back up, and uh, and be independent of them, I think that there'll be a a pendulum swing back to the right where they'll come back this way. Again, profit motive is a is a very very motivating. Uh, uh, aspect of any business. And I think that regardless of ideology, if you don't have the money, you can't be an ideolo ideological uh, 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 hard point. Uh, let's hope it does. Maybe, look, do we need our own stuff? And I mean, stuff where we keep them out? Because that sounds really icky to me. I couldn't imagine having a, a sign on my coffee shop saying, no leftists coming in. That just has a real ugly, like, civil rights vibe to it. But is that where we should go? Is that what, what the solution is to all this? I think we should do the opposite. I think we should be open with it. I think we should invite leftists to the dialogue. I think we can, sh we can share with them and say, look, we have chosen not to do to you what you've done to us. 
We've chosen to be inclusive, to respond to you. And and I think we need to take the dialogue back to a place of mutual understanding as opposed to mutual disagreement. Instead of finding everything we disagree with the left on, what can we work with them with? Is school choice something that we can talk about? Bettering our education system? Is there some waste of compromise that we can come to? Where can we work with the left as, a, as opposed to, and where can we be open? Where can we show them that we care and we want open forums and we want the, the equality versus do we shut it out and just become our own echo chamber? That's what they're doing and I think that that's wrong. So why would I advocate for us to do the same thing on the left or on the right? We should be open, we should be, be free and open. Scott Hounsel, thank you so much, my man. I appreciate you. Thanks, Jesse. All right. We have to win elections with the right kind of people, don't we? And look, I know you're fresh off election fatigue. Don't worry, I'm not asking you to go knock on doors or volunteer for a campaign. By all means, do if, if you feel the need, but I'm not, that's not what I'm about to do. I'm about to try to save you money while getting a benefit for the country out of it. It's called Mammoth Nation, and here's what it is. You, you pay $19 for an entire year. That's it, 19 bucks for an entire year. Now you're a member of Mammoth Nation. Now you get discounts at more places than I can possibly list. But that $19, where's it go? The $19 goes to people running for office who stand for our values. Don't we need a lot more of that right now? Especially now. Now more than ever, we need those people. We need something like Mammoth Nation. And Mammoth Nation doesn't exist unless you become a member. And it's not like you're just throwing money out the window. You get something great for it. Go to mammothnation.com slash jesse. That's mammothnation.com slash jesse. We'll be back. In case you missed it, the old prez gave a little speech. So if you read my speech, and many people have done it, and I've seen it both uh, in the papers and in the media, on television. Uh, it's been analyzed and people thought that what I said was totally appropriate. And if you look at what other people have said, politicians at a high level, about the riots during the summer, the horrible riots in Portland and Seattle and various other, other places, that was a real problem, what they said. But they've analyzed my speech and my words and my final paragraph, my final sentence, and everybody to the key thought it was totally appropriate. Well, I wasn't there. You were there. Again, I'd, I've, I've watched it. I didn't see anything I considered to be incitement. But maybe Kathy Barnett feels differently because she was at the Stop the Steal rally. Joining me now, Kathy Barnett, she's the author of Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain, Being Black and Conservative in America. Kathy, before we get to the book, tell us about the Stop the Steal rally. Tell us about the speech. What was the mood there? What happened? Yeah, you know, I mean, it's kind of like any other Trump rally that that you would have gone to or so if, if you had gone to one. Uh, it almost felt like meeting extended family, a tremendous amount of camaraderie, people you've never met before, but a sense of uh, oneness and patriotism um, and great hope for our nation. Uh, it was the, was, was the overarching mood of the day. Uh, you saw people praying. Uh, a lot of people praying, a lot of people praising the Lord, uh, a lot of people reading Bible scriptures uh, over megaphones um, or preaching over megaphones. That was the overall, the overarching um, mood of the day uh, when we were there. Okay, so did you feel the mood wherever you were? Because I want to be clear for everybody, it was a huge rally. There were people everywhere. It's not like everybody was right at that one place. Wherever you were, did you feel the mood change when the whole Capitol building thing, was that totally separate from where you were? What I'm, I'm trying to figure out how that even got started. Yeah, you know, I mean, uh, we had no idea of what uh, transpired in the Capitol building until we came home. Absolutely no idea whatsoever that any of that was happening. Uh, where we were, away from the Capitol, of course, uh, again, laughing, talking, singing, dancing, um, just very patriotic. And, and you hear people talking about, you know, a hope 
for our nation. Uh, you heard a lot of people talking about, um, you know, why is it that Democrats, not, not just Democrats, but even many of our Republican leaders uh, wanted nothing to do with looking at the thousands of affidavits. Uh, we gave as a nation, the Democrats, uh, four years, hundreds of millions of dollars to prove to us that there was, in fact, Russian collusion. And just looking at the hypocrisy of no one even wanting to take 10 days out of their time to look at the thousands of affidavits that have been presented and the number of uh, other Americans saying something went horribly wrong. So that was a conversation, and that is a feeling. I mean, think about it. Where do people go? when you have courts derelict in their responsibility. Uh, we've seen an orgy of uh, riots and uh, I, I call it uh, an orgy of rage this past summer that we lived through, uh, the overarching American people. And when we look at what happened on this Sunday, I do not condone violence. Violence. I didn't condone violence when, Demo when, many, when Antifa's and and Black Lives Matter were out on the streets during this uh, some this orgy of rage that we experienced last summer, and I don't I don't condone violence today. I didn't condone violence when I saw uh, during during last summer uh, young boys being dragged into the street by Antifa and Black Lives Matter members, and their head was repeatedly stomped until they went unconscious. I didn't condone it then. I was very vocal about it then. Uh, opposite of what you see Democrats doing today. Uh, last year, during the summer, we saw, I mean, you know, uh, whole city blocks being commandeered by Antifa, people losing their lives, women being molested, uh, or reports of women being molested. And you did not hear one Democrat uh, talk about it or even condemn Antifa or Black Lives Matter. Uh, and, you, and, and you didn't hear a whole lot of outrage from a lot of our Republican leaders during, this, during last summer either. So when we look at these particular incidents that are taking place, we cannot look at them as though they're isolated incidences. You have 75 million Americans who feel like something horribly went wrong. Uh, in November, uh, this past election. And instead of those in leadership giving deference and allowing people voices to be heard, you see courts time and time again turning people away, telling people to shut up, go back to sleep. There's nothing to see here. And it's very disturbing where we find ourselves. I believe the, the real conversation that we should be having is this this aggressive rush by technology companies uh, to to censor free speech? Or um, out of the Forbes magazine today, putting out an article about uh, companies not hiring people who have supported the Trump administration. I think those should be the headlines that people should be talking about right now. Do you feel like the Republican Party, the leadership of the Republican Party, cares about its base? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. Um, because you, you had, I know there are reports saying there were thousands of people uh, at last Wednesday's uh, rally, but uh, I, it felt more like millions <laughs> who were out there. Um, and again, um, the overwhelming majority of the people there, the ones that I saw anyway, um, are peaceful Americans. They love this country. I myself, I spent 10 years in the U.S. Army Reserves where I was accepted into officer candidacy school. I would have given my life. I remember making a conscious decision that if I was called upon to, to give my life for this nation, that I would. Now, why would I have done that, right? I mean, it was a conscious thought that I made. Uh, and it was because I love my country and I want to see everyone in this country do well. And yet we have those in our nation who are looking at the overwhelming majority of Americans and saying, shut up, there's nothing to see here. I think we're in a very dark time. It's very sad where we find ourselves today. It is really sad. Kathy, where do we go from here? And I'm talking specifically actually about the Republican base, you can call them the Trump base, the Trump movement. Donald Trump's about to be gone. There's nothing to stop that now. He's about to be gone. Where does it go? They're not going to disappear. They're not going to stop being angry. They're not going to stop loving the country. Where do they go? You know, I mean, one of the things I said repeatedly while I was on the campaign trail last year is that, and I wrote about it in my book, uh, looking at the black community, I could tell everyone what happens when the Democrat Party uh, assumes power. 
they are relentless and controlling every single aspect. And everywhere they go, they bring chaos and violence and frustration. Um, you see it within black communities uh, that are primarily ran by Democrats. You see a tremendous amount. You see people broke, broken, and bruised. And so that was one of my warnings is that wherever Democrats begin to take control and when they begin, when they feel as though they have power, they bring behind them, they usher in violence, chaos. Um, and mayhem. And that's exactly what I believe we're beginning to feel that uh, some of that already, uh, even before Biden assumes office, you see uh, Amazon, Google, Apple, uh, other platforms just being extremely aggressive, uh, shutting down all conversations. I woke up this morning to a report of Facebook removing all mentioning of the phrase stop the steal uh most i mean facebook has become the recorder of history for for the overwhelming majority of american lives our lives our history is displayed there on facebook and what are they doing there in, in in all of their wisdom they believe the thing to do instead of talking to people being tolerant, right? Showing love because, you know, hate has no home with them. But instead of taking their own advice, what do you see them doing? Uh, literally erasing people, um, just removing hundreds of thousands of people's existence um, and what it is that they have contributed. Uh, as again, Facebook has become the recorder of history for a lot of people in their lives. And what is Facebook doing? Just erasing all mentioning uh, that that we existed, that people had um, of people thoughts and their emotions. I think it's very dangerous. So we have to pay attention to that, recognizing that you cannot stick your head in the sand deep enough for these Democrats. Uh, they will not forget. Um, again, Steve Ford is talking about making a list and 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 encouraging. Uh, employers never to hire anyone who has supported Trump. These are very dangerous times in which we're living in. I am calling on the nation for this Thursday to enter into a time of prayer and fasting. Uh, we are in an impossible spot right now as a nation. There is so much anger. There is so much confusion and division. And it's extremely sad where we find ourselves right now. And our political leaders are compromised and inferior. And I do not believe that they have the ability to usher us into um, a place of calm um, and, 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 and togetherness. So I am calling for this Thursday uh, for the nation to take a time of prayer and fasting and to turn our eyes to God who can begin to bring some kind of healing in this nation. Kathy Barnett, her book is Nothing to Lose, Everything to Gain. Thank you so much, ma'am. That was outstanding. Thank you. We're not quite done yet. We'll be back. One, I would like to extend a hearty congratulations to the Alabama Crimson Tide football team for winning the national title last night, beating my beloved Buckeyes. It was painful to watch, but the better team won out there. But second, and more importantly, I just want to tell everybody, as much as you know it pains me to do so, I called it. I called it from the very beginning. Here's me calling it before the game even started and then lightly bragging about it after the game. You know I'm a reserved type. I'm never going to be over the top and tell you I'm right all the time. I'm just not that type of person. I'll see you tomorrow. Newton Group Transfer. They are here to help you if you're stuck in a timeshare. These stories from people who have these timeshares and can't get out of them, they're shocking. These timeshare companies, not all of them, but so many, they get their hooks into you and you can't give them up. You can't give them up. Or they'll, they'll do things like they charge you thousands of dollars. One girl, she got past her timeshare when her mother passed away. She gets past the timeshare, doesn't want the timeshare, doesn't use the timeshare. They tell her she can get out of it for $4,000. She has to come up with a $4,000 check. This is not right. It's unjust. And Newton Group Transfers is here to help you. If you are in a timeshare and want out or know someone who is, call 888-845-3773. 
That's 888-84-JESSE or go to timesharejesse.com. Newton Group Transfer. They will help you out. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.